The financial technology world is changing faster than a newborn baby's diaper. There's some in the industry who are keeping their eye on how the financial sector will be affected by artificial intelligence, robo-advisors, neobanks, blockchain, and more. We recently sat down with Lex Sokolin of Autonomous.com to discuss these issues, and it led to a really fascinating conversation that's going to get you thinking. The singularity is coming, but while you wait for it, enjoy episode number 71 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hey guys, this is Chris Dunn from Chris Dunn TV. You are listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast with Joel and Travis. Stay bad. The singularity has actually arrived. The collective consciousness of the Joel Bot 3000 and the Trap Bot 3000 are one. Trap Bot 3000 has now been upgraded to Trap Bot 3001. <laughs> 3000 point one. Yeah. <laughs> 3000 I am so glad to hear you have been upgraded, Travbot 3001. Welcome, listeners, to the 0110001001001001001001001 podcast. I actually had to cut that short. You did. 0101000001001. Binary total. I idea. English to binary, and I put in bad crypto, and then I started reading, and I'm like, okay, this could go on for a minute. <laughs> Trying to read bad crypto and binary. So you get the point. You're here. It's the show, and it's the only show as far as we're concerned. Come on, suck like my battery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Too fun. We hope you guys are having as much fun as we are, because apparently in 190 countries around the world, somebody's having fun listening to us on our race to 2 million downloads. Uh, it might not be the only crypto podcast in the world, but it's the only really cool one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, because we are the blockchain blockheads. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns. We are, you know, we are here to guide you. We are the Sherpas of the cryptocurrency world to help guide the masses so they don't lose their asses. And so please make sure that you do follow us wherever you like to follow because we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Telegram, we're in all the places. And make sure that you subscribe where possible and then share Bad Crypto with a friend. And you know who else will really be happy if you share? Travis, do you know who will be happy if they share? Do I know who will be happy if they share? Their friends will be happy that you should they share it. Their friends know. will be happy. Uh, and our show sponsor is going to be super happy when they share because it's like spreading the word for them. And, okay, who's the show sponsor? Everybody say it with me. Zilla. Zilla, Zilla, Zilla. Look out. It's Godzilla. No, it's not Godzilla. It's just Zilla. It's the app, the ICO Marketplace app. And hopefully by now, the beta app has been approved in the Apple App Store. I uh, haven't heard from Abasa Phillips. He told me he would tell me when that's going to happen. So as we're recording this, um, I'm not aware that it's live yet, but this is where you're going to be able to actually check out 
the latest ICOs and talk about them and give thumbs up to the ones you think are interesting and thumbs down to those that you don't think are going to be good. And in certain places, you'll be able to invest directly through the app. So look for the uh, first release of the beta app in the iOS app store anytime now. And you can learn more if you go to zla.io forward slash bad all about that zilla thing bad crypto inbox you got mail danette writes via our contact form great job on the podcast i love the show just want to remind folks so travis doesn't have to when you use two-factor authentication be sure to print out the backup code or codes usually it's available on the site where you set up the 2fa that way if you lose your phone you use for 2fa you'll still have access to your accounts. Stay bad. Great recommendation. Uh, and usually it will give you 10 temporary 2FA codes on that piece of paper. Have you done that, Travis? That's really good advice. I don't know that I've done that. Maybe that's why I lose crypto. Travis, Travis, Travis. Yes, the uh, the never-ending list of ways you've gotten hosed or nearly hosed in the crypto space. Mike Ricketts, he uh, filled out the contact form. If you go to badcryptopodcast.com and look at the top, there's a contact form. That's a really good way to to reach us, uh, unless you want to call us. We really like the phone call. The uh, The phone digits are 708-885-9030. You can leave us a nice voicemail, and you can hear your wonderful voice on the Bad Crypto Podcast if it's a good question. And if it's short enough, if it's not, if it's rambly, then you probably won't. We do. We do listen to all of them, by the way. And, and, um, you know, most of them, there's just not enough time to get you all on the show. Although probably around episode 100, we'll probably do another fan appreciation show where we play a lot of your comments. I think the feedback from episode 50 was really great. And so we'll probably do that again. Yes. And Mike, he wrote, I am a recent immigrant to the land of bad cryptopia, and I am currently learning all I can about bad cryptopian history, uh, listening to the show from the beginning, and I'm learning so much. Thank you for taking us along y'all's journey of discovering the magical internet money. Internet money. money. Thanks for all the great work, Mike. Thank you, Mike for thanking us and we're thanking you and thanking us for thanking you. That's really great. We really appreciate it. We're very thankful. Hey, when you guys call the bad crypto hotline, you're like many of you say, stay bad. That's great. But we would love to hear some of you sing magical internet money too. That would be awesome. But some of y'all on, uh, so go for it. One seven Oh eight, 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 five, 90, 30. Give us a little magical internet money jingle as part of your, uh, your comments. Because it makes us to smile. That is true. So, yeah, get a hold of us because we dig it. And we also dug our time with Lex Sokolin. And rather than do a introduction here, we did it in the interview. So why don't we just let's go to the tape, Travis. <laughs> Mr. Travis Wright, I'm a futurist. What are you? You know, I, I'm, I like the present. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm somewhat a pastist as well. Yeah. I'm a technology so, pastist. So a... Somewhere between a pastist and a todayist. Todayist. I'm a todayist. Yeah. You're 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 more like a yesterday todayist. <laughs> <laughs> Some, somewhere along the way, I got labeled as a futurist, and I it's it's not what I do professionally, but I guess just having the knack to be able to look ahead and see what's coming next is what puts you into that category. 
And our guest here on this segment is another futurist. And we've both come from the future to tell you that crypto rocks, Travis. You're in the right place at the, the right future. time. Future. His name is Lex Sokolin. And Lex is the, um, the director of fintech strategy at Autonomous, Autonomous.com. They're a research firm uh, in the financial sector. And what they do is they help clients understand, leverage, and invest in innovation. And we all about that innovation. And now we all about welcoming Mr. Lex Sokolin to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hello, Lex. Hi, thank you so much for um, for having me here. And I feel like the job of the futurist is to make tinfoil hats. So that's the number one thing that I do at Autonomous. Mm, so are you so surrounded by them? Reynolds wrap. <laughs> that's that is actually that is top advice. Uh, tinfoil is going to be more scarce in 2018 because we're just going to need to have a lot of hats. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, I wonder if we can like mass manufacture those and and sell them for bad coin. <laughs> So, so Lex, we're glad you're here. We think uh, we we hope you are glad you're here. And uh, no, tell tell us uh, tell us a little bit more about your background before we jump into the meat here. Sure. So I've got my scar tissue as a fintech entrepreneur. I built uh, a company which is called Advisor Engine. It's a robo advisor company. So using automation and software to automate what financial advisors do, helping people invest. And that got me into fintech and into this idea that you can use innovation and really like edge technology to make financial services a better place for regular people. And the last year, I've been focused on crypto and artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and trying to figure out what is this going to do to our industry, our economy, um, and I help investors and, and different companies walk through those questions and make decisions. You know, that's that's a really interesting in, interesting possibilities here with, with the future and where we're looking at, right? Because in a couple of years, Lex, we're, we're getting 5G, right? I mean, AR and VR are starting to become really prevalent now. And AI, machine learning, all of this stuff is really, really prevalent. Now, when you start mashing up that stuff with fintech and cryptocurrency, you start getting some really, really interesting possibilities coming up in the future. And I've been thinking about this a lot as well. Like you start plugging in AI on top of crypto trading charts and you start getting indications of certain things before they're even happening. I mean, that's a, that's a potential for big, big wins for big trades. So what what are some of the things that you're seeing as we move forward over these next two to three years, maybe even the next five years with technology and and how all this stuff is sort of merging? Yeah, I think one of the reasons it's easy to um, see the future, lots of people say, you know, I don't want to make a, a bet about what's happening. It's too hard to predict. You don't actually have to predict very much because so much is already here, right? So if you have the latest iPhone, it already scans your face using 30,000 dots and it can natively run augmented reality apps. And by the way, you know, why do you think Amazon and Whole Foods are together, right? You can have augmented reality commerce. You can already download an app that projects a 3D sofa into your living room that, you know, you can buy from Ikea. I just um, tried sitting on one of those and, and it yeah. didn't work. I, yeah, I fell right through the 3D sofa. If you do it a couple of times in a row, I think it, it works after a while. By the way, Travis, you know, when we uh, use the iPhone on his face, he still comes out pixelated because it actually takes 45,000 pixels to uh, to track <laughs> Travis's face. 
That's not true. You know, there's there's just some amazing stuff. I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where to go with the with the extra fifteen thousand dots. Like, do you have more face than normal people? Is it? He does. Uh, Trap. Tra- yeah. Well, Trap. He's it's actually gonna, the Trav bot. Yeah, you're gonna see all the pores, which are gonna be great. That's what we're gonna love about eight K, right? Eight K videos. Like, get all the pores in there. <laughs> well, like, here's an example, right? Here's an example that's already there's been token offerings around companies that do this, right? So. One way that the economy has been changing is that we pay for things using our attention. If we pay attention to things, we either see advertising or if you look at the Brave browser, literally your browsing of a website is equivalent to cryptocurrency or there are companies like Gazecoin where you know, you're in virtual reality and the device can track the directions where you look and if you interact with objects by looking at them or listening to music or seeing a movie, that is actually worth something. Um, and turning that into a token, putting that on a blockchain and mixing it up in, into the world, like you're saying, that's already here today as a concept. And so I think it's just, um, you know, it's paying attention to all the interesting things that are happening and, and projecting them into our world. Uh, tell me about this this Brave browser. I actually was not aware of it. I just went to Brave.com, a browser with your interests at heart. Browse faster by blocking ads and trackers that violate your privacy and cost you time and money. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love Brave. I, I've been using that for, man, eight, nine, ten months maybe. That's great. Well, Travis, why don't you tell me things? Well, I should. I have told you. I mean, I did. Buy, I did buy the Bat token on our one competition that one month, right? And Bat is directly connected to Brave. So maybe you missed that. Oh, is that is that what you're referring to, Lex, when you say uh, the, the crypto tie-in then for Brave? Exactly, yeah. So the idea there is right now, if you use the web, if you, if you use Google, if you use Facebook, you're the product, right? So the advertiser is the client of those of those firms like the if you look at the mission statement for Google it's don't be evil or organize the world's information if you look at their business model you know it's be the most destructive and monopolistic advertiser in the world mm-hmm. and uh, then their other mantra because- is actually be evil and censor things yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about it that. all works out in the end it all works out in the end um this is why i have the tinfoil hat business you know it's uh tinfoil hats are really important so are you a, a financial advisor? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Well, that makes three of us. That is true. You're, you're in good company because uh, we, we're, we're almost podcast advisors, but not quite. That's true. I want to ask you about the, the, the difference between fintech and sort of, you know, and crypto and blockchain, because to me, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff sort of merges together. Now, fintech obviously is specific around banking industry and stocks and tradings and whatnot. And a lot of those are built on the blockchain, right? And you've, you've actually been a successful tech advisor and investor and entrepreneur in this space for a while. So how do you sort of see the difference? Because it looks to me like it's, it's been totally merging together. It's, you know, that's a really difficult question, but a super interesting one because I think it defines the decade to come. So one thing that crypto has done is it has collapsed into a software token right into the token you buy in an ICO or in the coin you trade on an exchange everything that finance manufactures so if it's an equity like a stock or it's a fixed income or a bond or if it's a derivative or it's a payment or um it's uh, an insurance contract or anything that you get from the financial services industry as a product today 
that it, that all of that can be tokenized and traded. And number two is all the different types of finance firms, from hedge funds to insurance companies to banks to venture capitalists, all of these very different types of people with different incentives, now they're all looking at this the same software token. So it's a real conundrum. And you know all these regulations that have become a, a real problem and all of the uh, publicity and all the questions and for the volatility, part of it is that we have parts of financial services collapsing or sort of interacting in a way that they've never done before. So I think crypto has this kind of almost, it's like a black hole sucking everything into it, um, the entire economy and finance included. And I think fintech was trying to do that, right? The, the current fintech theme really started out around 2012, where venture investors started pouring in billions and billions of dollars to disrupt or change finance. And it was an exciting time to build companies, but end of the day, fintech couldn't do enough work, meaning it's it's impossible to disrupt the banks, to dislodge them, to you know take their clients. In a lot of cases, fintech companies partner with the banks because it's the fastest way to get to the client. It's a, um, a great way to get a revenue source or maybe an investor. And so crypto has this liberating aspect on the startup entrepreneurs because you don't need to take you know, bank venture capital or go to the traditional route, you can get it from the crowd and you can build as, you know, as imaginative a company as you want. Um, and I think all of that is going to help bring better financial services to actual human beings. Because that's, you know, when we talk about banks and we talk about investment, there's a lot of kind of barriers to really getting to why the industry exists, which is to help people actualize themselves financially and have better financial lives. Um, and I think these two things, fintech and crypto, are going to get us there. Let's talk a little bit about some of the the things that, as a futurist, you're looking at uh, what Autonomous does and what you're thinking about in terms of robo-advisors and blockchain and AI. Kind of hit us with some of the, where are we going with each of these, you know, different um, niches that you you deal with, and what kind of time frame are we looking at for mass adoption? You know, just kind of go down the list of the the things that you cover and where you see us heading. There are a lot of different themes that we think about, like you said, from blockchain to Bitcoin to artificial intelligence to robo advisors and neo banks and opening up of the data in the industry because. It's really the the whole ground on which it's standing is being turned a little bit upside down. I did do kind of my top three um, themes or top three ideas for 2018, so I'll I'll hop onto those. So should we do them Letterman style? Number three. Does does he have an elephant after each one of the each of the numbers? Uh, well, he doesn't do a show anymore. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, that, that's so, the elephant in the living room. He's, he doesn't that David, I think, you know, I think he's kind of become like Tom Hanks and Castaway, right? He's somewhere on a desert Island talking to a soccer ball. That's the life. That's pretty yeah. good. Okay. So number three, um, so number three f for 2018, I think is going to be about the automation of, messaging and social selling using propaganda bots. So there's a bunch of things happening at the same time. And we saw this in 2017. And I think that kind of the 
the propaganda bots that were in the news in a negative way in 2017 are going to be commercialized in 2018. So explain how, how explain how we see those. What what is a propaganda bot or a propa bot if that's not been used before? I like that. I don't know if it has, but trademark um, Jolcom. <laughs> that, that's also how trademarks work. <laughs> um, so if you uh, there, there were congressional hearings at, at the end of the fall with Facebook and with Twitter um, and with Google, and you know they were asking them how different messages went through the left and the right during the election. And without getting into any of those kind of election issues, the like the main crazy thing for me was that Facebook has 370 million fake accounts. Literally 370 million robot accounts that don't that don't have any person behind them. And then out of what two billion accounts? Is that right? Yeah. So it was somewhere between 10 and 20 percent, and about the same rate on Twitter. And I think Twitter's probably a little bit more than that. So the way these things work is they're not artificial intelligence, but they are automation of messaging. So let's say I want to do a token raise, right? I want to do an ICO. And I get, I write up something on a blog and then I put it up on a social media network. And then I have the other part of my kind of bot army. Let's say I have a thousand of these accounts, um, all retweeted or write complimentary comments on this. And that feeds into the algorithm on the social media platforms. And so people see it. And because it has social proof, um, lots of people liking it and so on. It feels legitimate. And it's kind of a behavioral hack for, for human brains. Um, and so this, this has been weaponized in a way by, by governments in these politics wars. But what's going to happen, I think, is we're going to use this kind of amplification for lots of commercial reasons. Lot, like this is how we sell things now. It's not cold calling. It's content marketing, it's writing things, it's getting in front of people, it's targeting them behaviorally using kind of machine learning, and then it's amplifying messages using this automation. So Which we're is, going to see more of that in 2018. We're going to have, we're going to have like prop a bot uh, overload is what you're saying. Yeah. And just, for, you know, one thing for your listeners to, to think about is right now using AI, we can fake both image and voice. So uh, somebody can manufacture a realistic video of any person, you know, Warren Buffett talking about something using Warren Buffett's voice. Use, this is all using like machine learning and to say any message that you want. So we're going to start seeing images and communications that feel completely authentic and real and we will have no idea whether they're whether they're real or not. You know, that's a, that's, that's, a big, that's a big problem, Lex, because when you start, I mean, th- that's one of those things where it's like minority report type of stuff where you're able to get this information about people. I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's just a little that's a little that's a little scre- creepy because we're not going to know when somebody is using video evidence if they actually did that or not or if that's just fake video. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's, you know, that's why, again, going back to the tinfoil hat, um, you will, you would need professional kind of, you'd need AI software to tell you whether the thing was manufactured or not. It's just for, for a human, you won't be able to, you won't be able to tell. You know, t- today, for example, we, we know when a photo is photoshopped. We know that a photo is fake and that's sort of part of the social fabric. That's okay. 
but we haven't seen that happen yet with video and sound, and the tech is already there. And I, I agree with you. I think it's actually it's a pretty dangerous technology. And Who's just creating that? Time. Is it just a, is it a multiple a group of people, or is it a consortium, or is it just a couple of companies that are doing it? So the sound one is made by Adobe. Adobe has a product. You can find this stuff on YouTube if you kind of Google around for it. And it's for, you know, people use it for sound editing and movies and transcripts and things like that. And then the video one right now is still being, it kind of sits inside of research institutions. So universities, uh, where, you know, people, this is, but at the end of the day, this is open source software that gets contributed to the body of knowledge in AI. And somebody can just grab it end of the day and, and build this into an automation software. This is going to take forensics to a whole new level, right? Because people are going to be set up. And uh, and I just want to say now for the record, I didn't do it. Um, so, okay, that's number three is the Propabots. Now that I've said it three times, the trademark is really locked in. What's, uh, what's number two? So for number two, I touched on it a little bit uh, ago, but I do think this theme hasn't really – people haven't talked about this. Uh, but I think augmented commerce. So commerce – that uses virtual or mixed reality or augmented reality using either a headset or your phone or, you know, glasses of some sort from magic leap will start to come into play. So think about when Amazon first started selling books online and traditional retailers thought it was just a toy and right. In, and, but then when Amazon, when e-commerce became so fundamentally important to our economy, all the, fundamental pieces of the finance industry change, right? So um, how people shop, how people put credit cards online, what those payments gateways are, what the banks do, credit checks real time, all of that had to change when how people bought things changed. And so in my view, augmented reality, the ability to take 3D images and combine them with the room around you or vice versa, you're in a virtual world, right? You're in your Minecraft world and you want to scan your cat and put your cat in your Minecraft world. It can go both ways. Augmented reality will change human commerce and what things cost and what we value. And I think if you look at esports, for example, right? So people watching other people play video games is becoming more popular than people watching football, right? So it, there's this shift in our society towards the mix of the physical and the digital. And with tools like the iPhone's augmented reality capabilities or, you know, all the stuff that PlayStation and, and Google are doing, um, I think people are going to start getting ready to um, actually purchase things in this new way. That that is a that's that's uh, that's amazing. So I, I thought about this a lot, you know. Like we saw Google Glass popped up, and then everybody got lambasted, and they were called glass holes for having the Google Glass. Uh, and but now we're at a point where technology is getting so strong that we're going to be able just to have regular looking glasses that we're going to have these different display screens on going all the time. And I I, I thought of that as well. I said, you know what's going to be so awesome is like. You're walking down the street and you see Joel Com wearing a sweet leather jacket and you're like, oh man, that's great. You're literally going to be able just to swipe on it. Oh, that's from Nordstrom. Oh, buy now. Whoosh. And then you're going to have it shipped to you. I mean, it's going to be amazing how, how retail and AR are going to combine together. I, I'm with you on that 100%. I do have a sweet leather jacket, by the way, Travis. And, uh, no, you, you may not have it. <laughs> so what, what was number one? What was the final, uh, interesting trend that you were uh, thinking about? 
So for number one, there's no way getting around it, which is I think it's going to be crypto. Crypto 18 is, uh, is kind of the the tag for it. And, you know, 2017 was loud. People learned about Bitcoin, invested 4.3, 4.5, nearly billion in ICOs. We, we see 180, maybe even 200 crypto hedge funds popping up. So 2017 was this year of mainstream acknowledgement and really grappling with the rise of crypto as a thing. And 2018, I think, will be defined by crypto becoming like a real financial asset class and then just propagating through all uh, sorts of tech companies in, in terms of how people store data, how they interact with data and what's possible. So I think we'll see you know, many more institutions and large ones like big asset managers, like a BlackRock or a Vanguard, like not those particular ones, but someone like that building exchange traded funds so that you can easily invest in it. I think we'll see um, many new traders on the market um, and kind of more and more assets flooding in. And I don't mean this to say like the price might go down, but the overall assets will flood in because the kind of the mature financial system is now realizing this is a place they have to they have to be and they have to build infrastructure and trading and products around it and you know i think one of the things that i'm hoping for is also kind of real progress in the companies and the technologies that keep making the whole ecosystem better so while i think it's really it's, very, it's really neat that we've created kind of all this wealth for um, early holders of the crypto coins. Uh, what gets me excited is seeing the upgrades that are coming to Bitcoin, the, the upgrades coming to Ethereum, all of these ICOs now in the space, you know, having time to build out their product um, and actually test whether the stuff works. And then, you know, innovations like IOTA's Tangle or, or Hashgraph starting to push the technical definitions further and further and further. And so I think 2018 will be this really spectacular year in terms of taking the, the crypto world from concept to really rubber meeting the road. That sounds wonderfully bullish. And I, and I love to hear it. You know, 2017 was the year that Bitcoin went from a thousand all the way up to, you know, uh, just about 20. And then, you know, found a found a base here again around 15 in early 2018. And, and people were hearing about it everywhere and buying it just because they wanted to make money. Right. And so there's this, uh, this rush of people that were jumping in because they heard, you know, I can make easy money doing this. And now it's time for maturity, right? To see that, hey, this is not just about an investment. In fact, it's less about an investment than where we are going as a society with this technology, right? Yeah. I mean, what we have to do is backfill the work that's needed to support the valuation, right? So I think that 2017 said, here's what the future can be and here's how much it can be worth. And that number is way higher than I think most people expected. Um, and that's great because I think the potential is very, very big. But now what's important is to backfill all of the work that needs to be done to make all the use cases possible, right? So if you want to do interbank, uh, international bank payments and you want Ripple to work, 
well, you have to move all of those payments onto Ripple. Uh, or if you, you know, if you believe in Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash as the uh, the payments mechanism or the store of value, well, you've got to do more than just hold it for its investment value. Or if you think that Ethereum smart contracts will, you know, languages of the past and all startups will be built there. Well, the startups that are being built there have to actually work and have customers and, and kind of function at scale. Um, and I think that's what the the next 12 months are really about. So, you know, prices can go up and down. But if there's that underlying technological progress, if that's moving in the right direction, you know, then I'm definitely bullish. I mean, that's the work that we have to do in the coming year. It's B cash. Lex, just so you know, <laughs> it's not, not Bitcoin Cash. You know, Rod, Roger told us it's not, but it is. So yeah, let's let's. Let, I have a question here, right before we're as we're kind of wrapping up here. I, I noticed on your on your LinkedIn profile, you talk about a lot of different sort of cryptos, just different companies that are that are being built right now. And I was curious about your thoughts on the various different blockchains because I, I think what happens is whenever I've done analysis of my portfolio, I have naturally. Uh, gravitated towards the blockchains, not as much as the ones as the, the companies that are built on top of the blockchains. I'm more heavily betting on the blockchains themselves. And so I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts of the blockchain ecosystem? Because there's a bunch of them out there now. Which are the which are the ones that you would maybe bet on or you think that are going to be the most innovative moving forward in 2018? Yeah, I think this is kind of core to the to the investment thesis in the space, right? Like what do people like investing in? And I think we're early on, and so this the FAT protocol thesis makes a ton of sense, which is, um, you know, get the highways, own the roads on which all this stuff will travel. I think that over time, the cars are important too. And end of the day, what's important is, are the people in those cars getting to the places they want to be. And so the things that I kind of get that focused on are the um, the applications and and how people's lives change from from this technology and you know what are the use cases so somebody being able to take a loan to grow their business from one country to another because it's a global decentralized lending uh, capital pool that's you know I think that's super cool because there's a there's a a, a real change there or you know as, as another example like there's a company called Xtrade which I'm an advisor for and. You know, they focus on connecting the public crypto world to the, the traders of existing financial institutions. And so building pipes and infrastructure for, for those two things to combine. And I think that's great for the ecosystem because, again, it makes it more mature and, and that makes sense. I think in terms of the, the protocols, it feels to me like each – that we have different protocols for different use cases and that feels – that feels right. So I think, you know, Bitcoin's use case and Ethereum's use case, they should focus where they are strongest rather than kind of overlap and try to compete for the same population. You know, I think there's many challengers to um, Ethereum's smart contracts platform from NEO to Cardano to EOS and et cetera. It's tough for me to say, it's, it's tough for me to see, you know, equal progress or traction relative to Ethereum. I think Ethereum's use in the wild has given it, you know, a real advantage longer term, but that's not to say that advantage is permanent. They have to implement all the upgrades that they, they claim that they will. In terms of the the actual 
kind of payments currencies um, and stores of value, you know, I, I, that also feels fairly, you know, fairly settled to me. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of market cap and liquidity in place already, and the hard thing is, you know, how do you bring the dollar and the euro and the yuan all into this world and have it interoperate. And then another curveball is like, well, what if China or Russia launched the crypto ruble uh, in 2018? What does that do to, you know, either Bitcoin or Ripple or any of the stable coins? Um, so there's a lot of kind of curveballs, which is why I try to narrow my focus to like, w- what is it that the humans actually will benefit from? Mm-hmm. So right now, as of this recording, the current crypto market cap is 772 billion, right? That was from what, 30, 40 billion at the January of 2017. So, you know, it's gone up just a little bit. Let's look <laughs> at the, the big picture. You know, if, if it hasn't hit a trillion by the time this airs, it's probably gonna sometime soon. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, Definitely by the end of it, January is my bet. Because I mean, we, we look yeah. at what the, the velocity we had after Thanksgiving of 100, 100 billion adding each week to that. It was crazy. Right. So let's be uh, let's make sure we've got our tinfoil futurist hat on and look ahead here to the end of 2018. Where are we going to be January 1st, 2019? How big will the crypto market cap be? So let me answer that with a little bit of context. You know, for a lot of people, I think they're coming into crypto and they're looking at Bitcoin and they're saying Bitcoin went up a million trillion times and I want to be a gajillionaire, too. You know, can Bitcoin go up a thousand times from where we are today? And I did some silly back of the envelope math on this to get an intuition for it, You know, because people are coming out and they're saying Bitcoin will be a million uh, because of the number of millionaires and things like that. So he- here's kind of the benchmarking. So if you look at U.S. currency in circulation, that is 1.6 trillion, right? So that's about two to three times of crypto today, meaning that if you think crypto is going to go up two to three times, that's a, you know, about the size of U.S. currency in circulation. If you want to look at the NASDAQ during the dot-com bubble at the top, it's about 3.2 trillion, right? So that's about five times, four to five times from where we are today with crypto, right? So that's not, not a thousand, four to five times to the top of the, the dot com bubble. If you want to go gold, which I know lots of folks do, that's 7.6 trillion. So all gold ever mined from the ground, from, you know, from Mayans, from every single war altogether um, at today's price, 7.6 trillion. So that's about 10 times global crypto. Not, you know, that's not unreasonable to say that the function of gold will be replaced by digital cryptocurrency for sure. That could make sense. So I could see 10 times. Um, if we go up a bit more, let's say all the stocks of all public companies across the entire world, anywhere and everywhere, every single company now blockchained, cryptoed, um, that's about 80 trillion. So to get there, that's about 100 times, a little more than 100 times from where we are today, right? So if you wanted to go up 100 times, then you have to believe that all public companies will be on the blockchain and traded as a crypto. And if you put in everything else, alternatives, fixed income, credit, real estate, just lump all assets of the whole world, you get to 500 trillion. 
And so 500 trillion is going to get you, you know, maybe 800 times, little 700 times from where we are today. And that's, you know, that's a tall ask. So I am very bullish about where the tech is going. And I do think that we can hit some of these earlier kind of benchmarks. But to go up 800 times in total, you really have to supplant the entire world GDP. And you're, you're really imagining kind of the singularity event where, you know, we, we merge with the machines and the prop bots, TM and so on. And uh, TM, Joel, it, come. That's, that's right. Don't, don't uh, just TM that there, Lex. You. <laughs> I, just, I just want to pay my royalties, man. That's all it is. Appreciate it. Yep, uh, you could send me Dogecoin. Um, you know, so that's seven. So 500 trillion is, is the world's GDP present value, or it's the sum of all of our assets. And it's, that's kind of a a very tall order. That doesn't even include derivatives, right? That doesn't, I mean, it includes the, um, it's kind of where it gets annoying and technical, but it includes the revenue from derivatives. It Mm -hmm. doesn't include the, like the, the notional exposure. Um, I kind of feel like that, that whole segment there, there should be like space, video, you know, and you're narrating and we're zooming by the stars, you know, and the planets and the galaxies, because you gave such a, a broad view of what's possible. I'm going to, and thank you for that. I'm going to bring you back to a year from now, January 1st, 2019. Where do you personally believe we're going to be in market cap? Fair enough. Um, I, I think we will probably be between two and three trillion. Wow. Wait, let me, I, I need to do this. There we go. Okay. We're good. Mm. Now we've could change And it could base. be as high as 5 trillion potentially. I mean, if you just figure out the math of like a hundred billion dollars a week flowing into crypto since November, I mean, the holidays had the lull, but I mean, even if we're sitting at $50 billion a week, I mean, that, that, that alone right there is going to be another 2.5 trillion. So I think we could be at three, tr- between three and five trillion dollars by the end of the year. That's crazy. But think. nobody, nobody asked you. But I'm, I, but I'm not a futurist. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, I, again, I'm not an investment advisor. You got to do your research, and you're most likely going to lose all your money because the coin you pick will go to zero, and all the other coins <laughs> will go to the moon. Um, that's, in my experience, that's how the market works. Um, but you know, the the thing about like the dot com bubble. We looked at this, and at the peak of the bubble, if you look at kind of the IPOs, right, between 97 and 2000, the tech IPOs, 84% of those tech IPOs from those three years, within a decade, were gone, just to zero, right? And this isn't just some random startups. These are companies that IPO'd within 10 years, 84% of them were gone. But of the ones remaining, you have Amazon and Netflix, and Amazon is all e-commerce, and Netflix is essentially all video and media. Um, and so, I think crypto is very much like this, where you know, having exposure to the asset class, finding ways to have make rational choices and incorporate it into your overall portfolio, and just having this as as part of you know your investment strategy over the long term, it's it's how the economy is going to be. Uh, and the, the comps that I went through, I think you just have to figure out what you believe. Um, and that's where we'll get to. What, what year is it in the World Wide web years for you when we look at crypto? Maybe year three. So, year well, well, the web was invented in 1980. Um, right. we had our first commercial websites because we had a browser in 1993 
And then, of course, the the dot-com boom happened from 97 to 2000 before the bubble burst. So in that context, are you are you saying we're in 1983? No, I was going 93 plus 4, so 97, 98. Um, okay. It's probably somewhere there. But the part of the comparison is that time is different now, right? Time, time to adoption um, is much, much faster. Right. So the adoption of televisions was much slower than the adoptions of computers was much slower than the adoption of cell phones was much slower than the adoption of WhatsApp. Um, and so I think things can go up much faster and then they can also shatter much, much faster. But I think 2018, we still have this theme of the traditional finance industry coming in and figuring out how to play in the space. And so, you know, even if you have kind of that the speculation that drove 2017 slow down and and start to turn into more maturity we still have this kind of secular theme of you know banks and exchanges and investment companies um, and payments companies they all have to build bridges into the crypto world and you know i think that that will take a long time and it will certainly i think support um, some of the values that we see this is an amazing space. I, I just want to say, you know what? I think you've blown a lot of people's minds for one, because we normally are just talking about crypto, but we're talking, we're t- with you, we're able to talk about where is crypto headed? Where is it? But it's not just about crypto. All these other elements of technology that are sort of flowing in to this space. It's, it's pretty much unbelievable. What are some of the final thoughts or maybe some, 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 uh, key points that you might want to leave with our audience as we wrap this up? You know, I think this is a space that moves super quickly. I've got a weekly newsletter that I'd love to plug. It's um, next.autonomous.com. So every week I do like a top three. One of them is pretty much always something about crypto, right? Like what's developing, what's happening? Is there interesting new companies um, in the space? And then the other two things are often kind of versions of what I talked about. So robo-advisors, neobanks, different augmented and virtual reality companies, artificial intelligence, definitely like these issues about the truth and what's being communicated and how like are we going to see these virtual reality worlds come to place. Um, so I I definitely recommend folks check out that newsletter at next.autonomous.com. Um, and I'm pretty approachable. So get me on Twitter and, and uh, ask me any questions you want. That's great. And uh, I just subscribed uh, Bad Crypto to that list and would recommend that uh, if you guys have derived as much value as we have from this time with Lex that you go to next.autonomous.com and also subscribe to his his free newsletter. So Lex Okolin, uh, Director with Fintech Strategy at Autonomous, thanks so much for dropping knowledge bombs here on Bad Crypto. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And again, yes, that is the, uh, that's next.autonomous.com. Thank you so much to Lex for coming on the Bad Crypto Podcast. And if you go to next.autonomous.com, you can read all about it. They have a really interesting newsletter that has weekly thoughts from Lex and the team over there on robo-advisors and blockchain and neobanks and insure-tech and artificial intelligence, and and you, it allows you to, to see how it all fits together. So if that's something you want to keep learning about, uh, go check out that newsletter over there at autonomous.next. Great interview, really sharp guy. You know, we had heard about him, and we had no idea he was so brilliant. He really brought the thunder, Mr. Joel Kahn. 
He did indeed. And we're going to have in an episode coming up um, really soon, someone else who's going to bring the thunder. Uh, we also spoke with Jameson Lop mm-hmm. and Jameson uh, with BitGo. He's an engineer, uh, is uh, really developed a name for himself in the space. Very influential. And I just I want to read a tweet to you that he just put out there before we finish up today. He said, I regret to inform you that the reputation of the at Bitcoin Twitter account is now questionable. Appears it was sold to help drive traffic to Bitcoin.com and will likely be ramping up to full-blown Bitcoin cash is the real Bitcoin propaganda before we know it. So, hmm. Mm. And I would say this, uh, Jameson Lop on his webpage, Lop, L-O-P-P dot net. If you go to that site and you click on his resources page, he has compiled the definitive resource list of all of these amazing things that you might want to, you know, learn about crypto on. And uh, that's, that's a phenomenal thing. I, once I saw that, I think we saw it a couple of months ago or maybe even longer than that, but I was like, man, there's so much stuff. If somebody is just getting ready to, you know, dive into the crypto space and start wrapping their head around it, uh, you know, as a supplemental curriculum, aside from bad crypto podcast, which should be your primary source of knowledge, you guys, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the resources page there on Jameson's website is top notch. So watch for Jameson or listen for him because there's really nothing to see since we're an audio podcast uh, in a episode very, very soon coming to wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Many of you listen on iTunes or on your uh, Apple uh, mobile, you know, podcast app. Many of you listen on um, Stitcher Radio. Some of you listen on iHeartRadio. A bunch of you are on Spotify. Some of you are on TuneIn. Some of you are on your Amazon Echo, and you're, you're telling it to play the latest episode for you, which is really cool because that works as well. And then there's SoundCloud, YouTube. Find us at all the places. Like us when you find us. Comment, review, and then do the thing that brings us the most joy, Send us all your crypto. No, I mean, uh, review us. Mm-hmm. Review. Some of you listen to that via ham radio. Some of you are listening via, you know, tele, telegram. So, some of you, you telegraph. Some of you are listening via Morse code. I mean, it's a really long episode. We have truckers. <laughs> we, we have truckers out there, Travis, that are listening on CB. That is so amazing. 10-4, good buddy. Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9. We got us a bad crypto <laughs> bandit here on the road. <laughs> it's a bad bandit, you... <laughs> You some bitch. <laughs> Little Smokey and the Bandit reference there. If you yep. haven't seen it, a classic from the seventies. Burt Reynolds and Jackie Gleason at their um, their corniest best. And so we gonna go eastbound and down there, son. And until next time, all you stay safe on the road while you stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's 
and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Oh, we going to do what they say can't be done. <laughs> we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Oh, we're eastbound, just watch the whole bandit run. <laughs>